I know there are many places you could have been this morning, but you chose to fellowship with us here today. And I know that God has a blessing for you, and you cannot go back the way you came. You may take your seat in the presence of the Lord. And Father, we give you praise this morning because your word is living and powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that as your word comes this morning, my Father, may this word minister to us and may it touch us at the point of our need. Take glory this morning in the name of Jesus. Your amen is paralyzed. I say in the name of Jesus. I don't know where you guys slept last night. I don't know if you guys were in a nightclub or you actually at home because you, are, you seem so tired. I said, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When I say hallelujah, you say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When I say praise the Lord, you say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're not talking. <laughs> I want to talk to you this morning. I want to caption the joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas. Before we go deep into this message, I want you to notice the difference between the joy of Christmas and the happiness of Christmas. Because there is a difference between joy and happiness. Many people are celebrating Christmas right now with the Christmas lights, with the Christmas trees, and all the things that we see people doing right now is happiness. This is why most people will say, the Christmas season is my favorite season of the year because during this season of gift exchange, of lights, of all these Christmas trees, there's a lot going on out there that makes people happy. But we as Christians are not called to be happy. We are called to be joyful. Hallelujah. Because happiness depends on happenings. When good things happen, we are happy. When we go to events and catch fun, we are happy. But Jesus told us that in this world, you will have tribulation. So happiness is not guaranteed. But one thing God has guaranteed us as his people is that we will be joyful. Hallelujah. So there is a difference between the joy of Christmas and the happiness of Christmas. You have people that are depressed this season because they don't have money to buy gifts. They don't have money for Christmas trees. You have families that are in conflict this season because they are arguing where they should put the Christmas tree or sometimes the man wants a Christmas tree and the woman does not, or vice versa. Sometimes the woman wants a special kind of gift for Christmas and the man cannot afford it. So it is causing tension and conflicts in relationships. But this morning we are not talking about the happiness of Christmas. We are talking about the joy of Christmas. And the joy of Christmas does not depend on Christmas night or trees or Santa Claus. It depends on Jesus. Meaning even if I have no clothes, no light in my house, not Christmas tree. There is something God has deposited in my spirit that makes me happy. That makes me joyful. That puts a smile on my face. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Even if nobody gives me a gift this season, I have something that is better than happiness. And that is the joy that God has lavished in my spirit. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, go for joy, not happiness. Tell somebody, go for joy and not happiness. Go for joy. You know, many people are looking for happiness. But let me tell you, as long as you live in this world, happiness is not guaranteed. Because there are some things that money can buy. But there are some things that money cannot buy. For example, if you're if you, if you a millionaire today, and you're diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, what can you do? 
Money can't change that. But there is somebody in the hospital right now. I've heard stories of somebody who is in the hospital, diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And the people went to visit him, and he was encouraging the people who came to visit him. Because he understood that cancer may destroy my body, but cancer cannot destroy my spirit. Because when I exit from this body, I go to a better place. That is the joy that God has given to us. But those who are going after happiness, if they don't see happiness in their money, in their marriage, in their career, in their relationships, whatever, they become depressed. But we as Christians, God has given us something that supersedes happiness, and that is called joy. So I say to you this morning again, go for joy and not happiness. Let's go deep into these scriptures and do some exegesis and see what God is saying to us from this scripture. As I was reading these scriptures, there are many revelations that I get from the scriptures that if I want to say everything, I may be preaching for two hours. But I make up my mind to preach, give you the essentials. Hallelujah. When you eat a good meal too much, it becomes, you know, you are no longer attracted to it again because when you eat something too much, too much, you know, you, 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 you get distracted. But if you eat it just once, it gives you the desire to come back again. So I'm going to give you just the essential so that you can go to your Bibles to get more. I'm not saying that come back here next Sunday, which is good. But when you go back home, go to your Bibles and read for yourself so you can get more. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the days of Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree that a census should be conducted all over the Roman world, all over the territory that he governed. Now the question I ask myself is this. Just at the point where Jesus was about to be born, a census was issued. Why was this census necessary at the time when Jesus was to be born? You realize that at the time the census was issued, Jesus and Mary and, the, uh, Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth. But according to Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it was prophesied that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. So if Mary and Martha, Mary and Joseph had stayed in Nazareth, then the prophecy would have been wrong because the Bible clearly said that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. So something had to happen in order to push Joseph to go to the place of his prophecy. Is somebody hearing me this morning? When God says a thing, God knows how to change the systems to make his word come to pass. I say when God says a thing, God knows how to change the system to make it come to pass. If God says you are going to be great, even if nothing around your life looks great, God knows how to change the circumstances surrounding your life to fulfill his word. Whatever God has said concerning you will surely come to pass. God knows how to work things out. Tell somebody God is working out something for you. Tell somebody God is working out something for you. Hallelujah. God is working out something for you. If God says you are going to work for the White House, even if you have no connection, God knows how to make it happen. Hallelujah. God used Caesar to issue a census because by this time Mary is heavily pregnant, about eight months about to give birth. No woman takes a risk to travel at that time. But something had to happen in order to take Joseph, in order to take Mary and Joseph to go to the place of prophecy. God is going to move somebody in this season. Something is going to happen that will cause you to go to the place of prophecy. So Joseph and Mary went down to Nazareth in Galilee, in Bethlehem, the town of David. 
Because that is where he belonged and that is where he, he was allowed to register himself during the census. They thought that by going to Nazareth, I mean to Galilee, to Bethlehem, they were going there because they were going for census. Little did they know that they were actually fulfilling prophecy. Let me announce to somebody. There is a young man somewhere right now looking for a job. All over the internet, he's on Indeed. He's on Monster. He's on Glassdoor and all the places where you can look for jobs. He's going to find that job in Virginia. And according to him, he will be thinking that I'm going to Virginia because I got a job. Only to know that the reason why God brought him to Virginia is because his wife is in Virginia. Amen. I thought a single sister should say amen. amen. I thought the single sister would say amen. amen. God will cause some things to happen in the lives of people because he's trying to move them to fulfill his word in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe you're single as a man. You're looking for a job. You wonder why you can't find a job in this area. Maybe you find a job somewhere you can drive for two hours. You don't understand why God has to give you a job so far. Little do you know that maybe the secretary in that company is the lady that God has assigned for you. Amen. So you are not actually going there for a job. God is bringing you close to your destiny helper. Amen. Hallelujah. God is going to move systems for you. Amen. I said God is going to move systems for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. While they were there, the Bible says, the time came for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him available. You know, Mary wrapped Jesus not in a baby blanket, in clothes. Like, you know, when a lady gives birth and there is really, really nothing that she prepared for, she take like, part some of her clothes and just wrap the baby. That is how poor Mary and Joseph were. And then, the baby was not put in a crib or in a bassinet. The baby was put in a manger. But this is significant because this child that was prophesied to be the Messiah that will change the world is born without blankets. Is born and put not in a crib, but put in a manger. I want to announce to somebody this morning, where you are born and how you are born does not define your destiny. Amen. Let me say, I say where you are born and how you are born does not define your destiny. Amen. The circumstances surrounding your background cannot define where God is taking you to. Amen. Let me say to you this morning, your background cannot put your back on the ground. Yeah. Tell somebody, your background cannot put your back on the ground. Yeah. Tell somebody, again, where you come from cannot stop where you are going to. This is a child that is prophesied to change the world. But he cannot afford hospital bills. He cannot afford a bus net or a place to sleep. But God will use this child to change the world. Yes. And you may have been born by single parents. Maybe your parents were divorced by the time you were born. Maybe you had a bad childhood. There are a lot of things that happened to you while you were growing up. Those things cannot define God's future for you. Yes. God has a plan for you. Yes. The Bible says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet. God had already fixed your future before you were born. Your father and mother were just an agency for God to bring you to this earth. They have nothing to do with your future. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing from your past can stop where you're going to. Amen. The only person that can stop you is you. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says that there were shepherds living around the outskirts of the town, taking care of their flocks in the night. 
an angel appeared to them. And his glory shone around these angels and they were terrified. Shepherds in this culture were considered unreliable. As a matter of fact, in a Jewish culture, shepherds were not allowed to testify in court because their testimony was not trustworthy. They were like the unclassified of the society. But this is the people, these are the people that God decides to go announce the first news about the coming of his Savior to them. Let me announce to somebody. It doesn't matter what people think about you or what you think about yourself. God can still use you. Amen. I say it doesn't matter what people think about you or what you, you even think about yourself. God can still use you. Amen. There is nothing you have done and you will ever do that will disqualify you from the plan of God. Amen. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Amen. God has a plan for you. The rejected of the society were the first to bear the message of Christmas. Those that were considered unreliable, not trustworthy, those whose testimony could not be accepted in court were those who had to bring the good news. Those that were rejected were those that bore the message of hope. Tell somebody there is hope for you. I say, tell somebody there is hope for you. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Santa can bring you gifts. They can bring you joy. Let me say that again. Santa, if at all he exists, he can bring you gifts. But he cannot bring you joy. But when an angel appears to you, it changes your life. Anytime an angel appears to somebody in the Bible, a significant change happens not just in his life, but his generation and everything changed. In this season as we celebrate Christmas, I prophesy to somebody, may you have an angelic visitation. Amen. I say, may you have an angelic visitation. Amen. Don't expect Santa in this season. Expect an angel. Amen. Because Santa can only bring you a gift. But when an angel shows up at your door, your life is about to change. Amen. I say, somebody's life is about to change. Amen. There's a letter coming in the mail that is about to change your finances. There's a news you're about to receive that is about to shift you in the spirit realm. Yeah. God is doing something in this season. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Expect angels. Yeah. Expect angels. When I say angels, I'm not talking about some white people with feathers. Angels can be somebody at your job. It can be an old friend. It can be an old colleague that God is using. Somebody you've lost contact with and say, I just decided to call you. To tell you there is a job in the sea. And it looks like you are a good candidate for that job. That is angelic visitation. Something is going to happen in this season that is strange. Because God is about to change the course of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the angel said, the Lord said to the, the angel said to the shepherds, This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. When I, I, when I read the word of God, it's, it's so beautiful because the revelations I get from this text is so powerful. Listen, the condition which was considered to be poverty of the child, by being wrapped in a manger, by being wrapped in clothes and kept in a manger, was the description that God would give to the shepherds to go look for the child. <coughs> Nobody can understand what I'm saying. I hear you, sir. The condition that you think yes. is your poverty. Is the description that God is going to give to your destiny helper. Yeah. Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. 
So stop faking. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Because your present circumstances is the description that God is giving to the one to help you. Stop trying to be like somebody else. In your poverty, in your struggle, God sees your condition. And God is telling somebody somewhere about your condition. He said to the angel, when you go, there are many babies that may be in the town. But the one I'm talking about is the one that is in the manger, wrapped in clothes. When you go to Virginia, there are many girls that are present in that town. But the one I'm talking about is not married. She doesn't have a good job. That is the one you have to favor. Because your condition will be the description that God will give to your destiny helper. Be yourself. Tell somebody, be yourself. Tell somebody, be yourself. Listen, it is stupidity to try to impress the ones that will help you. For example, you have a meeting today with Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett. Then you try to go to a designer store to go buy a suit. Who are you trying to impress? You are not even 1.0.001% up to what these people have. Go there in your lowly estate. Maybe if they see you, they can favor you. But what we try to do today is that when we are invited to important parties, maybe you walk over time that way to buy a Gucci, but to impress people like you're somebody, be yourself because God has a plan for you. Amen. Your present condition is your description of favor. Amen. Amen. So when you go, the baby I'm talking about is wrapped in clothes and is in a manger. Stop faking who you are. Be yourself. Bible says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with angels praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. In this culture, messengers always go before kings. Even in my village, whenever the, the paramount phone is going somewhere, there's some, there's some cars that drive or horses that ride up, up in front of him to announce that the king is coming, the chief is coming. In this case, look, I mean, the Bible is very interesting. This is a baby that is wrapped in clothes, no diapers, no blanket, and put in a manger because the father or the mother cannot afford a crib or a bassinet. But angels are announcing his coming. Let me tell you, God does not look at the outward circumstances. There is something about you now happening in the spirit that people cannot see. If they told somebody where Jesus was born, that this child has a company of angels somewhere announcing his presence, nobody will believe because he looked poor, he looked hopeless, he looked useless. Let me announce to you, who you are is not what people see. Your value is not based on the dresses you have, where you stay, the kind of clothes you wear. You are far more important than what you appear to be. Yes. I said you are far more important than what you appear to be. No molecule, no pedicure doesn't make you anything. You are far more valuable in the eyes of God than the things you possess. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus, in this poor state, had a company of angels to announce his arrival. God will announce you in this season. Amen. I say God will announce you in this season. Amen. The Bible says when the angels left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go immediately and find out this thing that the, the Lord has said to us. God's word goes with timings and seasons. Anytime God says something to you, do not procrastinate. Because God's word goes with timings and seasons. Let me ask you this question. 
If this angel has stayed, this shepherd has stayed two weeks to go look for Jesus, they will not have found Jesus. Because Jesus will not have still been in the manger and still wrapped in those clothes because things would have changed. And they would have said that prophecy they received is not true. So when God gives you an instruction, act upon what God has said. Because God's word goes with times and seasons. When God says something to you, do not hesitate. Do it right there because he's saying it to you for that season. So don't think that because God said something to you last Sunday, it means that Sunday of next year is still, is still going to be the same thing. He speaks in seasons and in times. And if you fail to respond when he speaks to you in that season, then you miss what God has said. That is why some people received a prophecy many years ago about the things they were supposed to be. And they thought that because God said it, it was going to come to pass. And they waited for so many years without seeing what God said. And they are wondering if the person who prophesied spoke the truth. The person said the truth, but you did not comply with the word of God to bring it to fulfillment. Amen. The fact that God said it does not mean it must come to pass by force. When God says it, you have to align yourself in so that God's word can be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Amen. Mary could have aborted Jesus. So I don't want this baby, and I abort the baby. But the Bible says she was careful. She went to visit her cousin to make sure the baby was well nurtured and brought up in an environment that was conducive for the baby's life. So I want to tell you this morning, when God is saying something to you, do not hesitate. Amen. Act upon the word of God. The Bible said when they had seen all the things that the Lord spoke to them, they went out and spread the word concerning the child. Christmas season is not a time to exchange gifts. It's a time to spread the word about Jesus. Amen. Amen. One day, once they saw that a baby was born, they did not go out looking for gifts to exchange. They went out telling everybody about Jesus. So it will be a spiritual error for you to carry a gift and give to somebody in the Christmas season without telling them about Jesus. It will be an error for you to send somebody a card in the mail and say, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, without telling them about Jesus. Jesus is the reason for this season. If Jesus is taken out of this season, then this is a pagan holiday that we should avoid. Right. The only reason we are part of Christmas is so we can project Christ and make his name glorified. If Christ is taken out of Christmas, like people say, Happy Holidays, we are not supposed to be part of that because it's a pagan tradition. I explained to you why Christmas is on the 25th of December. You can go back and listen to that podcast. Jesus was not born in December. So the only reason why we celebrate this is to make sure that we can tell others about Jesus. So in this season, I'd like you to take this season seriously and give people the opportunity to know Jesus. By the way, there are many songs that we sing that have a lot of errors, like the Christmas hymn that we sang. It says, born is the king of Israel. Jesus is not the king of Israel. He is the king of kings. Hallelujah. Amen. That is an error. Then in the same song, he said that three wise men, there is no such thing in the Bible as three wise men. The Bible says wise men from the east. There is no such thing as three wise men. We grow up from children's church. We thought that there were three wise men. We sang it in songs to the point that we have accepted that the Bible says three wise men. There is no such thing in the Bible as three wise men. The Bible says wise men from the east. Maybe some people think because I said it, they brought goals of frankincense, gold, and meal. They, they think that because those gifts, there were three kinds of gifts 
It means there were three people. It is possible that one person could bring three kinds of gifts. Read your Bible sometimes. Hallelujah. Wise men from the east. But as we go to the heart of this message this morning, what therefore is the joy of Christmas? The angel said something to the, 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 to the shepherd. He said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That is the good news of Christmas. You must understand that for hundreds of years, the Jews were awaiting the Messiah. That is why barrenness was such a big problem in the Jewish culture because every mother was dreaming to be the mother of the Messiah. So if you were barren, it means you were taken out of that opportunity to be the mother of the Messiah. So after waiting for all these years, the Messiah shows up. Now in the Jewish mentality, the Messiah was going to be somebody who was very powerful, you know, like a Donald Trump who is rich, that would take over the country and change some policies and make things better for them. That is the idea of the Messiah. But when Jesus came, they despised Jesus because he did not fit the description of the Messiah. He was broke, he was a carpenter's son, you know, born out of wedlock. The mother claimed to have conceived him by the Holy Spirit, according to them. So Jesus did not fit any description to be the Messiah. But we understand that the Messiah was not about politics. It was about to change the condition of man. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Before Jesus came, we were on trial without a lawyer. We were helpless in the court, awaiting judgment. Everything was against us. Just when they are about to pronounce a sentence and say, you are sentenced to death, he showed up in the court and said, I will represent him. <laughs> Nobody understood what I'm saying. He showed up in the court. Just when you were about to pass your sentence, they said, I will represent him. And he said, you can go home. I take the crimes that you commit. I am not just your lawyer, but I'm taking your place, representing you as a criminal and a lawyer at the same time. You can go home. So we walk out free from the court. That is what the Messiah did when he came. So Christmas is not the birth of a child. It's the arrival of an advocate that came to take your place. Amen. That came to represent you to defend you from all your guilt. And it says that a savior is born. You know, anytime we lead people to Christ, we say, do you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? There is a difference between having Jesus as your Lord and having him as your Savior. When they say somebody is the landlord of this place, what does that mean? Everything that is on this land belongs to him. He's a landlord. But when they say somebody is Savior, what does that mean? He's the one that can rescue you in a time of trouble. When things are difficult, he's there for you. When things are tough, he's there for you. When the devil is coming against you, he's there for you. So Jesus came so that things could change around. Some of us came from backgrounds where there were ancestral cases. There were bad things happening to our family. People don't get married. People die early. People have all kinds of sicknesses. People don't succeed. When the Messiah came, he said, I'm coming to change everything about you now. In time past, it was not possible for somebody to prosper in your family. But because I came, things are about to change for you. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the joy of Christmas. Once you receive Jesus in your life, you've entered a realm of possibilities. Doors are open for you. There is nothing that can stop you because the one that is able to make all things possible is now present. Amen. Hallelujah. He is now present. The coming of Jesus ushers us into a dispensation of possibilities. What my father can, could not do, now I can do because of Jesus. 
What was not possible in my family is possible now because of Jesus. Where others could not go, I can go now because of Jesus. The things that kill my ancestors cannot kill me now because of Jesus. The troubles that people faced back then, I cannot face now because of Jesus. What stopped my father cannot stop me now because of Jesus. The limitation that people experience in my family cannot affect me now because of Jesus. This is the joy of Christmas. Hallelujah. Something much more than Santa Claus. Something much more than lights and trees. Something much more than exchange of gifts. If you are a Christian, I came to announce to you this morning that by reason of the coming of Jesus into your life, you've been endorsed for a life of possibilities. You've been endorsed for a life of victory. You've been endorsed for success. That is the joy of Christmas. I read a story recently about a man that killed somebody and he was sentenced to life. While in prison, he recognized what he did that was wrong and he started writing the family of the victim to apologize. Letters were exchanged between his family for a long time. And after like five years in jail, the family of the victim decided to issue a letter to the, to the jail to say, we forgive him. And then they, they, they sent out a petition for people to sign for him to be released. And that petition went around. More than one million people signed that petition. And then the case was readdressed in court. And that guy was forgiven and set free. Now, can you picture what it means to know you were sentenced to life? The miracle, I mean, he was sentenced to death, not even life. The story said that 72 hours to his execution, that is when the, 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 the judge issued the decree that he was forgiven. He was near death, but God brought him out of death. Can you imagine the joy that you would have to know that in a few days you are about to die, and somebody's forgiveness changed the course of your life? Now, do you imagine what it means for you as a Christian? That without Jesus, you could have been on your way to hell right now. But Jesus came. Not only did he save you, he took your place and said, my son, my daughter, I am taking you out of this path. No longer are you going to hell because I died for you and take your place. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. What a joy we have to know that a Savior is born. We have a Messiah. He fights for you. Hallelujah. In the night, the Bible says, he who keepeth Israel... He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's there for you in the day. He's there for you in the night. So this morning, maybe you are listening to me today and you think your sins are so many that God cannot forgive you. Let me announce to you, we have a Messiah. Hallelujah. He's able to forgive you of any sin. One of the things the devil does in order to keep people down is that the devil is going to paint a picture of the things you've done. That is what the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. When you're about to pray, say, look at you. You that committed abortion in 2016. Get out. He keeps reminding you of the things you've done. But when you understand that it, the life that I live now is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. When the devil tries to ask you, say, devil, that was then. This guy you see now is not that guy back then. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That is what Jesus has come to do. That's why we are able to come before God boldly. To obtain favor because it's no longer by what I can do. It is by Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not by my effort. It's by Jesus. It's not by my righteousness. It's by Jesus. It's not by how perfect I can be. It's by Jesus. Hallelujah. So I invite you this morning. No matter how sinful you may think you are. God can still use you. 
God has a plan for you. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? God can see God has a plan for you. I say God has a plan for you. If you receive Jesus in your life, He can forgive you and change your life around. Amen. Amen. Change your life around. I look at this guy in jail who was condemned to die. But when he gave his life to Christ, God changed his story. I told you that when God says a thing, he knows how to change the systems. Who could have told, who could have said that it's possible that after you are sentenced to death in America, the decree can be reversed? That guy is traveling all over the world and preaching about forgiveness. His only message is forgiveness. Because he has a life testimony about forgiveness. When God says a thing, it will come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me not go too far into this bed. 